everyone, and welcome back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Corey Tyndall. And I'm Missy Lonsinger. And <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Missy's <laughs> back. You're good. Missy. You're good. Yay. Missy's back. We didn't talk about how we were going to do this, but yeah, yeah Missy's <laughs> back. It's her... Her first, uh, her first episode back. Uh, Welcome in a back. Months. Thank you. So, thank you. Yeah. Happy to be back. Nice. Yeah. Nice to have you back. Um, so, if you guys missed the announcement at the end of last week's episode on Prey, uh, the way Real P is going to work from now on is um, all four of us are part of the Real Perspective family again. Um, yep. So, some episodes are going to be just three of us, maybe even just two sometimes. Uh, on those episodes, there may or may not be guests. Uh, if there's four of all four of us are here, uh, there's definitely not going to be a guest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, this week we're here to talk about Nope, which is the latest film from Jordan Peele, uh, the 21st century master of horror. Uh, this is his third film. Mm-hmm. Um, following Get Out and Us, which uh, many regard Get Out as one of the greatest horror films ever made. It was nominated for Best Picture, and then Us had quite a few fans as well. Um, Nope is more of a sci-fi film um, than than the other two, although there were elements of sci-fi, I guess, in both. Um, But yeah, so Nope follows the story of the Haywood Haywood family, um, whose great, 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 Grandfather, there's another was, great. No. Something was like there that. one? Uh, no, I think I couldn't remember. <laughs> uh, but he was the the jockey in Animal Locomotion, which is widely regarded as the first uh, motion picture. So, if you guys have ever seen the um, the 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 jockey riding the horse kind of animation mm-hmm. thing, um, that's widely regarded as like what became the first motion picture. Um, so they're related to him and they run a horse ranch and they start noticing some strange activity in the sky. Um, so they go to a Fry's Electronics and <laughs> uh, procure some security cameras and, and things like that to try and capture this to get famous on the internet or on TV um, to just prove like undeniably that there is life either in the sky or from another planet that is uh, visiting us here on Earth. Um, Meanwhile, they're also tangling with their struggling business, the recent death of their father, and um, this sort of manipulative ranch owner um, whose name escapes me. He's played by Steven Yoon. Jupe. Um, Yeah, Jupe. Mm -hmm. Jupiter. Uh, Ricky Jupe Park is his name. Um, And Jupe we'll get into. He has some... Childhood trauma surrounding uh, an animal attack. He's on a, a fascinating character. Yeah. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, so he's got some childhood trauma re- revolving around an animal attack uh, that happened on a on a show he was on as a child. He was a child actor. And uh, he's, like, gearing up for a new reality show about this theme park he runs called, like, Jupiter's Claim. Mm-hmm. Um, and has had several reality shows in the past. And so it's kind of about the conflict between them and then dealing with this threat in the sky and it's Jaws. It's Jaws. It's Jaws. It's Jaws in the sky. Nope, it's Jaws. That's, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, by the way, this is a reminder that we do do full spoilers on all our episodes. Yeah. If you have not seen the film, jump off right now because uh, yeah. the mysteries of this film are better left 
it's uh, real for you good. to discover. For sure. Yep. Uh, it, it, unless you've seen Jaws, in which case you basically know every beat that happens in this movie because <laughs> it's, it's Jaws. It's Sky Jaws. Uh, so <laughs> what did you guys think about uh nope i legit almost called it jobs by the way so uh missy missy we'll start with you sure um i liked it i really enjoyed it i don't think i loved it quite as much as as a few people have spoken with whose opinions i typically trust um that we can talk about why but i mean jordan peele's outfit has been i mean i know it's only been three but it's been consistently good uh even the ones that i don't love as much uh i i He's so good at, at taking these really strong themes and kind of uh, depicting them in a way that's, like, visually stunning, that just works really well. His mm-hmm. cast are always really good. Um, he does a really nice job of, of kind of turning the mirror back on society in a way that doesn't feel like, I mean, I guess you could say it is kind of preachy, but it doesn't feel like you're getting, like, mm-hmm. that, if that makes sense. So, um, mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, my My biggest issues and like i said we can delve into it uh, is i think sometimes he gets a little too seamy like he loses sight of the forest for the trees where it's like oh this is a cool theme so is this so is this and i think sometimes the plot suffers a little bit because there's a little too many of these big themes that don't seem quite as cohesive as i think they could be but that being said um mm-hmm. i did really enjoy it it was very pretty to look at because he shoots a good film um and i really like mm-hmm. the cast i mean put steve yoon in way more things because mm-hmm. i love him yeah guy's great yeah, so that's that's my uh, my short and two cents before we start diving deeper. What about y'all? Yeah, I really enjoyed this film, and it for me it kind of I saw the film and I feel like it kind of had to marinate for a while. Like mm. I saw it and I was like, I think I really like this, but I just have to process. Yeah, and. The longer I sat with it and thought about it and read articles and listened to a couple podcasts and stuff, the more I was just like, yeah, this is really good. I feel like it's really ambitious in a lot of ways. Uh, They shot the crap out of it. It looks stunning. I think the acting was incredible. And it's like you were saying, Missy, I like that Jordan Peele's movies, like, have something to say, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel like overly preachy or i'm gonna like ram this down your throat it feels like it feels like organic to the story and obviously there's a lot of subtext and other things in the film like there are things that like he wants to say or address but i i still feel like the core story is very engaging and so these themes and like these commentaries feel very organic to it and yeah i really enjoyed it i wanted to go see it again uh just because there was so much that he packs into his films just so many details and so many things that just upon a first viewing i just don't think you can catch all those things i mean it's been the same way with his other two movies Mm -hmm. get out and us that i've seen the first time watching those movies like i enjoyed them but there was just a lot of stuff that upon like going back and watching them again it's like oh like there's things i missed or just even like small like little things that's like you know it just adds a little bit of something to that scene or it's like oh that's a cool reference or a nod to something but yeah all that to say i really enjoyed the film um and the longer i've gotten to sit with it and process it i'm like wow this is i I think this is great Mm. yeah um 
Surprising no one, because I called it Jaws, because it's Jaws. (laughs) I loved this movie a lot. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I have, so I've only seen each one of Jordan Peele's films once, which I feel like is a disservice to the Mm. man's work. Uh, (laughs) So I'm very desperate for a Get Out rewatch for sure. Yeah. I think it's this is my favorite Jordan Peele's far, film so far um, because it's Jaws, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I really really enjoyed my time with this movie a lot, and mm-hmm. like the the more I sat with it, it's very similar to you, Corey. Yeah. Like, the more I thought about different stuff that was brought up in the film, and just kind of like was kind of putting the pieces together because it, a, a big criticism that people have is that it's a little disjointed. Yeah. And I'm not sure I agree with I that I don't agree criticism. with that, but we'll get into um, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, and also because, like, I don't want to harp on this It's Jaws thing too <laughs> yeah. much, but it's just really funny to me that it's so beat for beat Jaws and people were like, I don't know, it's kind of messy. And I was like, no one says that about Jaws. It is the same movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Wait, yeah, it was just like really Jaws? funny. Yeah. Well, it was really funny to think about, like, what if Jaws came out as is today? Like, mm-hmm. it would it feel like, would mm. people be saying this, similar things about it? Like, um, yeah, I, I just think this movie has a lot on its mind. I really love a big blockbuster that is about something. Yes. Right? We've right. been talking about yes. that a lot this summer. And so... Uh, this movie's like it's a really entertaining like summer like yeah. creature i would call it a creature feature yeah, once again sure. because i would call jaws a creature feature uh that is so just supremely entertaining and tense to watch in moments yep. and I, I don't know i think it's a movie that almost anyone could see and enjoy like i, I think it's Arguably his most accessible film to date. And he um, said that in interviews. Like he has oh, said, really? yeah, he has said like the first two are more like horror. And, you know, he's like, I want people to watch them. But this one, he's like, I mean, and it's funny, we'll talk about it even thematically. He's like, I kind of wanted to make a spectacle. I wanted to yeah, make something yeah. that everyone could go see. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and this is that film. But at the same time, like he makes this big spectacle, and the movie is about spectacle, right? I know, like it is right? about yeah. the nature of a spectacle and like what goes into it and at what cost people will chase a spectacle in an yes. age where anyone and everyone is and can be famous, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's almost meta that we're doing a podcast on it, right? right? <laughs> so um yeah, I, that's like the central theme of it, which like uh, so this will probably be... I'm going to try to make this the last time I mentioned the Jaws thing. Thematically, <laughs> it could not be more different. Could not be... That's true because the end is the exact same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, right down to where you could f- insert the smile, you son of a bitch line, and it would still mean the same thing in a different <laughs> context. Um, and uh, I think thematically it's very different, which I think is interesting because he... Like, he very clearly was inspired by that film. Yeah. And several other Spielberg films, which we can also talk about later. Um, But he was very clearly inspired by Jaws to make this movie. That movie is about, like, uh, mass panic uh, amongst humanity and, like, masculinity. Those are, like, the two big themes I would say that film is about. This is about, like, celebrity and spectacle Mm -hmm. and, the like, the entertainment industry 
and how Jordan Peele really hates being famous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh, that guy really hates being famous to the point where he opens this movie with like a Bible verse. Which is great. From Nahum. Yeah. yeah, Nahum 3.6, I will cast abominable filth upon you, yeah. make you vile and make you a spectacle. spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's right there writ large before we see a single frame of the movie proper. So... You know, it's it, he puts it on your mind early and reminds you often that he wishes God would destroy the entertainment industrial complex. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, in that, he uses the characters to, to display this, right? So uh, much like most creature features that work the best, uh, which was my clever way of not saying Jaws, you don't see a lot of this creature up front. So... You kind of get a sense that there's a threat. There's this looming mm -hmm. idea. It may or may not be hostile. We're not sure. But these people want to get some footage of it. And so they go and, and, like, they start roping people into this inadvertently. They don't really want, like, a lot of eyes on them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, these people start getting caught up in it. And, like, it's it's really interesting the, I would say the first part of it is it's it's almost this, like, road to hell is paved with good intentions idea of, like, Mm -hmm. they definitely want to make money off of this thing. They definitely, like, that is their main motivation. But yeah. at the same time, it also, you get kind of caught up in the excitement of them trying <laughs> to get this footage where it's like, it feels like making stuff with your friends, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, so you get really caught up in that because the characters are so great. Like, they're really well-defined yeah. and they're really charismatic. Like, all three of the the main people, like OJ, M, and uh, Angel, are like yeah. they're very easy to root for all three of them. Yeah. Um, you want to see him stick it to Jupe, like he's like he's this like very subtle douchebag. Like <laughs> Steven Yeun's great. Yeah, yeah. he's really uh, he's really good. He's so good. Like every choice he makes is so subtle but so douchey. Yeah, <laughs> um, like he just like he oozes that just like slimy like reality star vibe so well. Like almost effortlessly which is a little concerning but um yeah so that's like where we start with this and it's very like kind of endearing like you know oj which is daniel kaluuya and we can talk about that name a little bit later um yeah <laughs> uh, he's very he's much more reserved um he's it's I, I mean it is almost like he plays this character like a clint eastwood character mm. that's how i view yeah the character is he's kind of it's kind of yeah. like it's kind of like Jordan Peele looks at the film and was like, what if Jaws had the man with no name right. as the as the Brody character, yeah. essentially? Because, yeah. I mean, down to the last shot of the guy, like, he very much makes this guy, like, the myth of the Western man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's just trying to keep the business afloat after seeing his dad die. His dad dies in this horrible accident where, like, a quarter falls out of the sky and, like, falls through his eye and, like, gets lodged in his brain. Like, yep. rough, rough, rough stuff. Yeah. And, but, like, M is very, like, bubbly and, like, outgoing and really, like, charismatic and charming. And so she's kind of, like, he's kind of trying to make her the face of the business, but he knows a lot about the actual ins and outs of the business. <laughs> and she feels kind of shut out from that uh, because she's a woman and and all that. So it's it's really, like it's really heavy up front with that, right. right? Like all these characters have very clear, very easy motivations to latch onto and they're all really freaking likable. So yeah, shout out to the performance across the board. Yeah. What performances stuck Real out good. to you guys? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all really good. I like Kiki Palmer just, 
is great in every scene that she's in. Like, I just loved her energy. I loved, you know, it's like she is the kind of, like, bubbly, over-the-top character. But, like, she did have some good moments of, like, intensity and drama where she really, you know, like, internalizing, like, what's going on and, like, the weight... You know, there there kind of seems to be a shift in her character about two thirds of the way through the movie, where it's not mm-hmm. it's not about just getting the the shot anymore. It's just like there she realizes there's so much more at stake. So, I thought she had a great performance, and like you said, Daniel Kaluuya, he like I mean we've seen him in other stuff, like we've seen him in Get Out, and so like I love that like this take on this character is like you said it's kind of like the Clint Eastwood character, and this film. I mean, like, I know, MJ, you're like, oh, it's like Jaws. It's kind of a blending of a couple different genres, it feels like. You know, Peel's like, oh, and now here's kind of a little bit of this. And so in the blending of, like, the Western genre, I would agree. He is kind of like, you know, the the Clint Eastwood character. And he does that stoicism so well. Yeah. He's so good at that. (laughs) But there's little little nods of, like, subtlety of like emotional Mm -hmm. cracks that you see where it's like you know he's not just like this reserved guy it's like you know you'll see it where it's like he misses his dad like he's sad that he's gone or it's like he'll he'll let it break a little bit that it's like he does really love his sister and he kind of regrets how things went down and you know he seems like unaffected by what's going on with like you know the 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 sky monster but you know you will get to see these cracks where he's like oh i am scared out of my mind but like this is what i have to do and so i just thought the nuance of his performance was really good again like he is awesome in other stuff i've seen him in but like he was really good in this so those are kind of like the big standouts everybody was good but like those Mm -hmm. are kind of the two that stand out to me yeah i i would agree um it was kiki palmer was such a nice foil to that stoicism Mm kind of like you were saying right I think my, my mm-hmm. biggest complaint with Daniel Kaluuya is sometimes his diction, like his stoicism would borderline, not boredom, but like it was a little hard to understand. Like, and I'm somebody who has captions on for everything I watch. And I was like, yeah. damn it, I can't have the captions for this. I don't know what the <laughs> hell he's saying. Yeah. Um, he can get a little, a little mush mouth with some of it. Um, but yeah. You think part of that is because he's trying to do the American accent since he's British? Oh, I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's almost like even with the title, like, nope, there's something. So, I mean, I'm going to try to say this. Um, in a lot of, like, horror, and granted this isn't, like, a, a straight-down-the-line horror film, but there are horror aspects, like, you'll, it's easy to see, like, the freaking out, the screaming, the whatever. But I like the idea of your response just being, like, nope. Like, that's it. Like, when he's in, I think, the yeah. or something, and the kids are dressed up like little aliens or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's nice because you kind of get... Um, both sides of the spectrum in responses because Kiki Palmer is very uh, more over the top, more charismatic in the way that she responds mm-hmm. to anything. And then you just have data clue it. Nope. And, and I like it. It, it like yeah. fits. Um, so it's nice being kind of all aspects of, of how people would respond to it. Um, Steve Unigan is great. I, if anything, I wish there was more of him. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I was a little, little bummed with his death. I wish there had been maybe a little bit more to it just because I liked him. I found him to be such an intriguing character. Um, yeah. Keith David, I love. So, I, I, I mean, my biggest complaint is there wasn't enough of these really good actors that he cast. I wish 100%. They, yeah. They Needed yeah. more Keith David for sure. I, I was know. like, why would you do that to Keith David? He gets, he gets like two minutes of screen time the whole movie. Yeah. I'm like, ah. Yeah. 
And his and his two minutes are so good. He doesn't even like most of it. And I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing yeah. <laughs> performance. Uh, I don't yeah. know the actor's name who played the tech guy, but oh, I enjoyed Angel, yeah. Brand- Brandon Pereira. Okay, there we go. Perea. Yeah, oh, yeah. Perea. He was also really fun. I mean, yeah. that type of character we see in a lot of these kinds of movies, and, and he was fun. He, even though I've seen like that, that trope quite a bit, he still played it well. I still liked watching him on screen. So yeah, um, performance-wise, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah, the only person whose performance I didn't... It's not that I didn't like it. It was... Uh, is Michael Wincott, uh, who's Antlers, the cinematographer they hire later in the film to really help them <laughs> capture it. Yeah. Um, if only... He's not bad. His voice is awesome. He's really charismatic. He's so much like the Quint character of it. Like, he's such a one-to-one analog of that character mm-hmm. that... It was just like, like you're doing a really good job, like kind of obfuscating a little bit, like what the direct inspiration for the overarching thing of this movie was, except for that guy. And so it just like, it's, it's sort of like, and this isn't like a criticism. Like I said, I really, really like the movie, but it sure, it sort of showed the cracks in it a little bit of kind of like what he was really going for as far as like the structure of the thing. And so I didn't like that as much from that perspective, but he was really great. I think he gets a lot of the best lines in the movie that like really hammer home the overarching themes about what the cost of chasing spectacle is, and ultimately yeah. his like how his arc ends uh, is is very well. Once again, it's very similar to Quint from Jaws, but it's also like brings home the idea of like he got caught up in it, right? Like he just got too obsessed, yeah, and like broke, <laughs> and yeah. and that's that's what happened. So. He's not terrible in it by any stretch. Like, all the supporting cast is really good. He's the only, like, complaint I had, and it was more, like, I guess meta-textual than anything yeah. else. But, <laughs> yeah, Steven Yoon is, man, he's so good in this movie. And so Dana Kalia, I've I've heard, like, he doesn't emote enough in this movie, and I think that's a weird criticism. I think they're going for a very specific type of, yeah. of thing. I think, I think the thing is people are ruined on what acting actually is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the idea that acting is being out there and over the top and just like Heath Ledger jokering and everything is not. And I like that performance a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of subtlety to it. But, you know, it's very out there and very like weird and like no one actually at, behaves that way. And so Daniel Kaluuya in this movie behaves like a lot of people, yeah. especially yeah. like a lot of cowboy type dudes. Yeah. And so it's it's harder for us to be like, oh, he's actually amazing in this movie because he feels so much like someone I know. Like, like it, I feel like too many people are like, oh, I know someone like that. Like, that's easy to do. And it's like, that's actually kind of harder. I yeah. Feel like, because you, you have to like understand the nuances of how people behave a lot more uh, intimately to make someone believable and realistic and like they could exist as your next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think I've brought this up before on the show, but like, so I'm kind of going back on something I've said before, which is that I typically don't like Western acting because I think a lot of Western film and television acting is very face heavy rather than over the top, which is as a theater person, something I'm really like into, but I fully agree with what you're saying there. I oh mean, it, it is very subtle, and, and it's like little tiny face movements. It's such a hard thing yeah. to do, um, but he does it really well. And again, kind of like you said, those aren't usually the things that you're like, Oscar-worthy, like, this was incredible. <laughs> but it's 
it's so relatable even like a little twitch of your mouth it's just like oh shit like i've seen mm -hmm. that in my own face or in somebody else's face yeah and, and he nails <laughs> yeah. it and yeah the the subtlety in his stoicism is is really really well done yeah, well, and Steven Yoon, too, like, he's very subtle in his nostalgia for what yeah. happened on this, mm -hmm. like, thing. Like, he's got this weird, like, yeah. relationship with what, what this trauma he suffered and, like, the way he, like, wistfully looks back on that time and has all the memorabilia, including the little girl's shoe, yeah. which is yeah. really gross. Like, messed up. Um, yeah, so he, his, his backstory is that he was... Um, He's one of the kid child stars of this show called Gordy's House, which was, like, a sitcom in the late 80s early 90s that was about like a chimp living with this family and one day like during filming of an episode a balloon popped in the rafters the chimp snapped and like severely beat and killed several cast members or at least disfigured them horribly for the rest of their lives but the chimp kind of spared him and kind of viewed him as a friend and like after like right before the chimp was killed he reached out for a fist bump which is like uh, uh, what he remembers and associates with that. And so, yeah. um, and it was kind of their go-to move on the show. So like, yeah, he's got this very weird relationship where he looks back on that time fondly, even though he witnessed like all this horrific, like stuff right before his eyes Yeah, and mm -hmm. has used that as motivation to kind of stay in the spotlight as much as humanly possible mm -hmm. at the cost of his own humanity and at the yeah. cost of not really learning his lesson because he attempts yeah. to try to essentially control the aliens. Um, and it works out bad for him right. in that yeah. everyone he's brought <laughs> into this circle dies <laughs> at the same time, yeah. including him and his kids and his wife and his former co-star. Oh, she who, looks like, so cool. Yeah, yeah. His former co-star who was, like, horribly disfigured, like, his selfishness, like, put her in even more danger and yeah. ultimately cost her life. Like, oh, man. It's so... It's This movie is so freaking cynical. Yeah. And I love it. Like, it's... Mm. The, like, it's so mean. And, like, it's very honest about its cynicism. And I really yeah. appreciated that. Like, that it was, like like Jordan Peele was like, I'm pissed off, you know? And like, <laughs> I, I think it was about kind of like the way we chase spectacle in, in a digital age with in, in the age of YouTube and the age of Twitter and the age of Instagram, where we can pull out anything and film any atrocity or any like yeah thing for likes and, and engagement and comments. And like, that's the only thing that's driving, you know, the documentation of any of this rather than justice. And so it's, it's like really, 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 angry about that and i like i think the way in which it portrays that is very dark and very mad and very cynical but it should be i think and uh it's it's really really fascinating to like think about how like how much of an angry movie this is while it's using a lot of the grammar hmm. that we've come to know from these steven spielberg hmm. movies and yeah. not just jaws that i keep harping on like his relationship with Gordy is E.T. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of close encounters yep. in here, yeah, uh, which is more about, like, the discovery of life on another planet and, like, a very yeah. wistful view of it. Now, granted, the Richard Dreyfus character in that film is very, like, he neglects his family um, at yeah. the cost of going with the aliens, but it's still pretty wistful when, yeah. when we get yeah. to the end of the film. And, like, uh, I mean, to the point of... 
they filmed this movie in Santa Clarita in Agua Dulce, California, which is like our backyard, essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know what other film got made in Santa Clarita and Agua Dulce, California? Steven Spielberg's Duel. So like yeah, this movie has that influence all over it. Like very clearly, very intentionally, very in your face. But it's got this cynical heartbeat at the at the center of it that's really like kind of puts it all out of balance and perspective and makes it like kind of like warped in what we know these things to like these these sort of like Spielbergian shots and and like you know yeah and by the way the reason for that is I think no one would argue that Spielberg is the king of spectacle so to kind of take that grammar that he's defined for, you know, what, 50 years almost at this point and kind of turn it turn it on its head to be very like angry and like this this almost borderline like nihilistic picture is really really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I I like um your point about it. it it does feel very cynical and going back to Steven Yoon, like the suppression of his trauma was so well done and just kind of like this yeah. idea of the more you suppress yeah. your trauma, the victim ends up becoming a perpetrator. And it's something that yeah. I think has become super common and just like there's a lot more awareness of it, uh, because people are talking about mental health more almost to the point mm. that it it is now becoming almost like the card that you play where it's like, Oh, triggered because of my trauma. So therefore I get to be an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to see it played out and, and people believe their own bullshit and to see him believe it. And it's like, no, this is, <laughs> this is fine. I've gone through this and, and now I'm going to capitalize on it because this is America, baby. And this is what we do. So <laughs> yeah. it, it was, Oh man, it was just so, but like, again, I, cause I could never uh, stop singing Stephen Yeun's phrases. Uh, you can still see that trauma there and like the little bits of yeah. humanity that yeah. are left, maybe the little bits that the, the ape saw when it didn't end up killing him. But, uh, yeah, man, so good. Very cynical. But yeah, I think uh, there's, I mean, there's a good place for it. Like, I mean, we're well aware yeah. that the world's going to shit right now. So it's, I think people yeah. are allowed a little cynicism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, I mean, like we talked about this earlier. I feel like, yeah, it, it's got that cynicism, but it does it does like its commentary so well mm-hmm. like on our world through its own world and its characters and i think that's one of the things that's like very it it catches you off guard you mm. know because you're like oh i'm just watching this movie it's about them and like oh i guess there might be a ufo but then just like the further it progresses you start to see like you know like exploitation and then like you know Jupe's character with his trauma and like how that plays back around and then like you see all the stuff of even with like the two of them you know and like their father and their relationship with Hollywood and even mm-hmm. how you see that portrayed and it's like oh well, we don't need you anymore <clears throat> like we don't need you anymore because it's like CGI and yeah. like all like all the there's this, all these different layers that just start unfolding and just all the commentary of like you know even like when all the people die at Jupe's show but it's like people want spectacle and then like they can't look away and like you know that's a big theme too of like you can't look the alien mm-hmm. in its eyes and like you know the exploitation of animals and other people it's not just animals it's like the exploitation of like like what Hollywood has done to people to exploit them and like chew them up and spit them out. And like, there's just all these, there's just all these levels of things. So it's like, when you get to the end of the film, you're like, man, I just got like overloaded with a lot of stuff. And it's like, 
it, it it doesn't master it does it in this very masterful way where it's like yeah it it is cynical but like i said it catches you off guard and you're like wow i yeah i gotta process that <laughs> yeah well i think that's what makes it um a really good film uh is it's like you guys were saying earlier it's so accessible you could just watch it at its face value and you'd be watching like a really good looking yeah. film that's exciting it's thrilling uh, yeah. And then that's it. And then go home, you know, and go to sleep and you're good. You know, you think about it or you don't. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but it also gives you so much to chew on if you choose to, which is what good art should be doing. Like, yes. that face value yeah. should be good, but it should also provide you the opportunity to dig deeper if that's something that you choose to pursue, which we obviously are. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I like that. Very deep. Yeah. What? Oh, God. No, no. That was, that was it. <laughs> yeah. It. It specifically, like, lands on this idea of exploitation of nature, I think, yeah. a lot. Um, because, like, you know, the, the, the horse, like, you know, the ethics of horse racing and jockeying and stuff. And, like, yeah. especially in 1885. Like, um, yeah. not, not great. Uh, but, like, that's been a common theme among Hollywood, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you, do you guys know about Topsy? Are you guys familiar? Have you seen the Bob's Burgers episode about Topsy? Mm-hmm. Um so Topsy was an elephant. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a really sad story. It's a really sad story. So apologies in advance. But Topsy was this elephant that was essentially electrocuted on film until it died. Uh, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. Don't look it up. I mean, look up the Wikipedia. Don't look up the footage. You can find yeah. it. I've seen it. It's rough. Uh, um, so, yeah, uh, they, they bring out this uh, elephant onto this, like, electrified pad, and they turn it on, and electrocuted until it's die it dies and it's uh, just you can watch it you can watch that happen to this elephant um uh, online and uh i had to watch it for a class and what uh, that's horrible yeah. yeah it was rough um but it was it was from edison testing out his film camera is why well then that's okay. got killed <laughs> so I think you can't connect really to Topsy uh, in a film like this, like because they have the uh, the jockey mm-hmm. on the animal locomotion uh, project. It's easy to kind of loop back into that. But if you know the history of Hollywood and animals, like there is that. Well, I mean, there's even like, although I think this has been debunked since that during the making of Milo and Otis, they actually like killed a basket full of cats uh, by putting it over. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that too, but I've also heard that that didn't actually happen. So I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but that was a common rumor. And the thing is it was believable. So like Hollywood has this idea, this like history of exploiting nature and feeling like they can control it. Right. And, and, I mean, even, even, even Jaws, like not to be the guy with the Jaws podcast, but like <laughs> that would, you know, they the didn't d- really do. <laughs> no. It, well, yeah. It, yeah. We didn't really, uh, you know, the, the film didn't really use a lot of real sharks or anything like that. And the real sharks they did use were not exploited really. Uh, but like that led to a lot of sharks getting killed. Like it, it, it wiped out like three quarters of the shark population and it has yet to recover. Mm. Like, you can trace Good. that directly to the release of Jaws. Wow. And uh, that's bad. That's real bad. Like, just in, for the, uh, for just ecologically, that's really not good. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, there is there is that idea of, like, because this movie 
that is like you know widely regarded as one of the greatest films ever made and like the thing that, that you can trace a direct line as to why we saw nope in july of 2022 not just because it takes the film beat for beat but because it is the first blockbuster uh had this like very drastic environmental impact and uh it, i don't think it was intentional but it also wasn't thought about at all either like what they were trying to say and um you know like th this is the exact same thing like juke wants to control this like yeah uncontrollable thing right it's this sort of man versus nature type of 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 uh of story at its heart and like even even though oj and m don't want to necessarily exploit this thing in the same way that jupe does they do want they to do. use its image mm -hmm. they, they do they, yeah yeah they do they do want to exploit it like but then they in a different way they realize later on like you know oj realizes first like mm -hmm. oh like what i'm doing that this is like a living creature and you know but yeah, it's like in the beginning they do want to exploit it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like, because there's definitely the exploitation of nature, but it's this whole idea, especially with Jordan Peele not liking Hollywood and kind of, you know, sticking it back on them. Like, there's no person or party involved that's not like a victim of of spectacle. Yeah. It's like yeah. the person perpetrating it, as mm -hmm. we see, and you know, Stephen Yoon ends up dying, uh, and that you know very frequently happens. You try to control the spectacle, it ends up controlling you. The people you're yeah. trying to reel in with the spectacle. Um, in this case, going back to Stephen Yoon, like all the people that he roped in to come watch the show, they all end yeah. up becoming yeah. victims of it. Obviously, uh, nature and the animals that he's trying to use to control it is not really. And it, like, thinking of it again as like a mirror back on society and on Hollywood in particular, like, how often is that happening? Like, look at how much we've degraded as a society because all we create yeah. is spectacle. And this, like, yeah, well, insatiable need for, like, instant gratification and something yeah. bigger and louder and shinier. It's yep. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it's it's represented within the character names, right? Right. OJ. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> look, <laughs> OJ did it. Like, that oh, scene my at the beginning God. When she's Holy like, what? shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like, did not put two and two together that the dude named OJ rides a Bronco. Oh, yeah. There's a white Bronco. Big brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You're and it's welcome. those subtle touches like that that I'm like, Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. Whoa. A little extra attention to detail. Oh, yeah. That blew my mind. Holy crap. <laughs> I did not put two and two together on that. Anyway, so yeah, like, <laughs> look, OJ did it. But that does not mean that, like, it should have become the media circus it did. Oh, yeah. But he was this famous guy right he's a celebrity he was a heisman trophy winner promising young actor you know one of the greatest football players who ever lived and he does this crime which like pretty widely assumed he's he's guilty of yeah but then it becomes this like it's i'm sure for our generation in particular it's got to be one of the first major news events we all collectively remember oh yeah absolutely. and i remember watching the oj verdict you yeah. know i don't remember the car chase but i remember that and like Ever since then, like, it's become, like, a point of, you know, like, it's a cultural touchstone, mm -hmm. that trial. And it was used to kind of rehabilitate the LAPD's uh, image in the wake of Rodney King. So, mm -hmm. um, like, they, you know, it was it was a big win for them. And they used it to their advantage to, to kind of leverage that. And so, like, it was it was sort of like, you know, 
they use the spectacle to kind of make everyone forget about the Rodney King thing. And like, you know, but then also like, look, we can talk about the ethics of whether or not he should have been found guilty. And most people think he was, but he was found not guilty. And, you know, gotta accept that whether it happened, whether he, it was, or was not guilty. Yeah. He was found not guilty. And from that moment on, all eyes were on him afterwards and not in a watchdog way of like making sure he kept his nose clean, but like he was tabloid fodder essentially after yeah. that. Like it, it really is like kind of gross looking back on it. Like, uh, you know, he, he got in trouble for like breaking in and trying to steal all the sports memorabilia or whatever in Vegas and did some time for that. And like, that was another big deal because it was OJ breaking the law again. And so like, we turned that into a spectacle and at what cost? I mean, even like, uh-huh. um, uh, I mean, Mike brought it up that the OJ trial killed the soap opera, right? Like mm-hmm. that became everyone's go-to like daily story right. was, was the OJ thing. And like it led, like that is the thing you can trace to the Kardashians becoming yep. famous, right? For, mm-hmm. for all the ills that has brought with it. So, you know, not even just like the way we treated this guy, but just like, the the way it led to the direct like it directly led to the sort of fame culture we have now yeah when it blurs yeah. the line between like reality and again like where we are now where everything is a spectacle it's when that made such a mockery of justice because it, it made mm-hmm. that whole thing into such a spectacle that i mean you can argue that it tarnished you know evidence that was presented and a lot of you know the court of public opinion became more of a thing and I mean, hell, like, we just did it again with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, didn't exactly, we? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even just in law anymore, because now it's everything. Everything is, uh, re- like, what is it? Reality is stranger than fiction. And and like you yeah. said, Kardashians, yeah. re- the fact that reality television is now a thing, is that really was such a, a big um, match to, like, the fuse of, of just creating this society in which, like, what what is fictional and what is not? Because we're going to kind of broadcast everything and make a big deal out of it and a big spectacle of it. Well, yeah. and it's because it all served the bottom line, right? It was already going to happen. That trial was guaranteed to happen, whether or not it was televised right. or not. But it was cheap to produce mm-hmm. entertainment for people. And that's what led to reality TV. Mm-hmm. Cheap to produce. That's yep. why we just had all this BS that happened with HBO Max and, and David Zaslav and WB dumping yeah. their stuff. <laughs> they said they're going to focus more on reality-based stuff because it's way cheaper to make that stuff. And we'll eat it up as a society. We've yeah. proven that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like I remember going into businesses and like the tip jars were like ones for Johnny Depp and ones for Amber Heard. Like Mm. we used it as like a vehicle to like make tips off of that. You know, it was so wild. Yeah. Uh, It was so wild. And like, we just didn't learn anything from all the, like all the other examples we have of that. (laughs) Nope. Well, I mean, think about, I mean, back to the the film, like Steven Yeun didn't. He was literally on the set watching yeah. his co-stars get killed by an animal that he was trying to, or that was trying to be manipulated. And he's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. So what we learned from that is just do it bigger with something yeah, that yeah. we really can't control because we don't understand. Yeah. It's like he yeah. repeated history. Absolutely. Essentially. He didn't, he didn't learn from it. Yeah. So I have a question for both of you guys. Um, I really enjoy that Jordan Peele, as he writes these movies and, directs them is that he he doesn't think that his audience is ignorant like Mm -hmm. he gives them 
he gives them stuff to chew on and to figure out, and he doesn't spell it all out for them. One of the biggest criticisms that I have heard about this film is that it feels disjointed. MJ, you kind of mentioned this at the beginning, and a couple of people I've talked to have been like, I don't understand, particularly the stuff with, like, Gordy's Home, like, that whole sitcom, yeah. like, how does that factor in and, like, whatever and all that stuff. And so I'm just curious, like, what is your take on that? Because I personally think that, you know, I enjoy the fact that he doesn't spoon feed me what I need to understand about his film. And I feel like it's actually, he lays things out in a very um, compelling and it feels like a logical way for me to connect the dots where these things don't seem disjointed. And it's like, oh, that makes sense. And it, like I mentioned earlier, upon rewatches, more things click and make sense. But the question is, like, how do you address the whole idea of, like, this film feels really disjointed and doesn't make sense? MJ, you want to go first? Yeah, uh, I think we have a big problem with not understanding what an act break is anymore mm. um, because all these Marvel bullshits feel the same. So um, <laughs> it's just the same level of stakes the entire time. And so we've just totally lost what an act break is. Like, uh, I'll get one of my plugs out early. I was just on um, on The Bond We Share, which is a James Bond podcast uh, hosted by my friends Allison and Adam. And I was on there to talk about Casino Royale. And I watched Casino Royale for the very first time. Not the very first time. What am I saying? For the first time in a lot of years uh, this past weekend. Movie is like three movies jammed together, man. It is three distinct acts. And, uh, you know, I think I think Nope is three very clear acts um, and a prologue. Uh, and uh, I can prove it because it's got chapter breaks. Like, it yeah. tells you when there's an act break. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think we're just not really used to that anymore. And so it, it kind of has muddied the waters. And I think the other thing, too, is like, so much of this stuff that gets consumed in mass the way like the way it does and like not to be cynical about it it is spoon fed to you or it's really easy to understand at the very least and so this movie comes out that like get out was a hit and it was really easy to understand the main theme of that and us was a hit and it was pretty easy to understand the main theme of that it's a little more complicated yeah, it, was, like, it was a little more complicated yeah yeah it's it, there's a lot more going on right under the surface much like yeah. daniel kaluuya's character yeah and so you got to think about what this movie's about uh, capital letters a lot more than than i would say get out or us yeah and um i think that led to people being confused because i would say get out is be, uh, simply by virtue of him being a first-time filmmaker is his most on-the-nose film um and so it's really easy to suss out what that movie's about, right? Yeah. Like it, that movie yeah. telegraphed what that movie was about from the first trailer. And so it was easy to grasp. And nope, doesn't. It, it, you really got to talk about it. Like, you know, yeah. Corey, when we were off mic, you said that you were really excited to record this episode because you haven't had anyone to process this movie with. No, and I have so and, many thoughts and feelings. And yeah, it's like you need <laughs> yeah. to process it with people. Yeah, and <laughs> this is the type of movie, like it feels genetically engineered for it to be the movie that you like go watch at like eight o'clock on a Friday night with your friends after you've already gotten dinner. And then you walk out of and you're like, holy shit, I've yeah, got to go. Do you guys want to go to Denny's? like because yep. i've gotta talk about this freaking yes. movie and like i don't remember the last time i had that experience with a major release and it's yeah. awesome it's so cool yes. to mm. have that i mean i had that a little bit with everything everywhere oh, um, yeah. and i think we're starting to come back to that like 
I really want, I, I saw that movie by myself and I think it was a mistake. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I know enough like filmy people that I could like reach out and talk to them about it. And even like something Missy and I, we've DM'd about this, the rehearsal. Oh like, yeah. That is one of the most wild things I've ever seen. And I don't really want to get into trying to explain what the hell that thing actually oh, is it, because that's it. a separate podcast in and of itself. But that is something <laughs> that I have like had to go out of my way in the online spaces I operate and be like i need to talk about this right. with other people who are watching this like that is not a piece of content blah, that uh like gross word that you just consume right yeah. like that's something that gives you a lot of stuff to digest and work through and like by the way down to the very nature of what it exactly is mm -hmm. and so I think like we're seeing a big sea change into that right now and i really like it because I love that feeling. Like, I remember, I mean, even when our superhero entertainment was like that, right? Like, you yeah. guys remember seeing The Dark Knight and having to be like, having to see it again to, like, yeah. understand why the Chinese gangster stuff mattered in the first place. And yeah. then understanding, like, how it connects to the larger picture of, like, the Joker and Two-Face story that it ultimately becomes. And being like, oh, my God, like, this is really well thought out, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, like, we just haven't had a movie like that that, like, the masses in quotes have seen not to put mm. like an us versus them type of you know spin on it but like a lot of people saw this movie it was a hit because jordan peele's name sells tickets now and right. yeah he knows that he's gotta know that he's the guy selling the tickets so what he did is i think he very much intentionally built this movie to be that kind of movie and it's great because we can sit here and have this like spirited discussion about it. And I'm more fired up on this podcast. I'm sure you can tell than I have been about just about anything else we've talked about <laughs> in the last two, three, maybe five years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I uh, going to your question, Corey, about it being disjointed. Um, I, I agree with what you were just saying. MJ. I, my criticism wasn't that it was disjointed. I, I, I think the act breaks are great. I love the little chapter breaks. I know um, yeah. Tarantino does a lot of that shit too. That I yeah. Like a lot. Uh, but yeah, it, for me, it's, <laughs> I, I think his, his plot, like I said, can sometimes suffer. Like I'll see weird little plot holes and this was my issue with us because us I also really liked and I was glad I saw it with my sister because we spent like two hours I think afterwards just talking about it is that yeah. sometimes uh, there, there will be things that are said or done that like really just kind of don't make sense logistically but it's like we kind of need to go with the movie because we're taking so much time to make this really beautiful visual spectacle uh, of these themes that it's like oh yeah and by the way like the aliens can't do this or they can do this or something like that like i think even mm -hmm. um i don't remember if it was the fact that like you can't look at them or, or whatever it was it, it was some mm -hmm. really important thing with the aliens was just kind of offhandedly i think like kiki palmer said it and it's just like oh yeah you can't look at them and i was like where the fuck did that come from or maybe like i I need to rewatch it or something like that. So little things like that here and there with Jordan Peele stuff, I'm like, oh, I wish there was a little more lead up to it um, for more of a precedent for why the characters know some of the really intricate things that they know. But like, if that's my biggest complaint, I think it's still a good movie. And, and this is a very good movie. If I can get nitpicky mm -hmm. and be like, oh, well, why wasn't this one tiny thing a little bit different? Um, right. Then I, I tend to think yeah. it's pretty good. But yeah, it, disjointed though. Um, yeah, I agree with, with what you guys are saying. It's, I think culturally something we're not used to, um, which we should be. And I hope that we get more stuff like this because I mean, that's how life is. Life is disjointed and art should be yeah. a life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, 
Yeah. That's a, it's an odd criticism. It seems um, a lazy criticism. Uh, sorry to whoever no, no. thinks that it's disjointed. That's um, <laughs> extremely lazy. I, yeah. <laughs> sorry to that man to uh, quote Keith Palmer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's it just yeah, just because it doesn't fit what you're used to doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. So. I mean, here's the thing, yeah. like, I to get on this high horse again, sorry, Corey, I'm sure you wanted to respond to your own question, but um, this, I saw this tweet, I'm going to put this person on blast, I'm not going to freaking... What's their at? I'm not going to handle. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do their <laughs> at, but I, screensh I screenshotted their tweet and cropped their at out and posted the screenshot of it. And uh, this person was talking about the show The Bear, um, which is one of the best scripted shows I've seen in a long time, especially for a first season. I'm sure I've recommended it on this podcast before. Um, and uh, this person tweeted that they were watching The Bear and someone responded like, I hope you rightly dislike it. And I was like, what a stupid way to approach art. But anyway, whatever. And then the original poster said, I was able to triangulate its entire deal without watching it, so I don't think I'll be offended enough to dislike it. Definitely in the not-for-me zone, though. Then why are you watching it? First of all, why are you watching it? Like, if, yeah. you, if you've, quote, been able to triangulate its entire deal without watching it, why are you watching it if you've already decided it's in the not-for-you zone? And by the way, this is not to say, like, hate-watching isn't enjoyable. It is. But yeah. what, I, what I'm Walk saying is, like, I, like I, yeah, exactly. And, like... Like I said, like, it just so shows how incurious we are about stuff. And, like, by the way, I'm not saying that, like, watching a trailer for something, which is literally an advertisement for the thing <laughs> that you're going to watch, and then being like, <laughs> I'm not going to watch that because it looks bad, is, that's not what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Like, uh, for example, She-Hulk. I've seen the trailers for She-Hulk. It looks terrible. Guess who's not going to watch She-Hulk? Me. And, right, uh, like, that's the thing. But... But now I've had a couple people that I've seen who are like, I kind of liked She-Hulk. Like, I thought it was kind of fun. And I'm probably still not going to watch it because I do still think it looks bad. But it's made me curious, you know? Like, it's made me go, should I give the first episode a shot? I don't know if I should or not. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. And it's it's... It's not to say, like, I'm better than this person or anything. If you decide something's not for you, it's decidedly not for you. But if you see, like, if you watch the trailers and, like, see the tweets of stuff of, like, hey, this is good. Like, and people are saying this thing is good. And your first thought is, like, ah, people are saying this is good. And, like, I think I know what's up with it. Like, that's such an arrogant way to approach the art that you're going to engage with. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Particularly something as artfully made as, like, nope or the bear i would say or the rehearsal like you you can't know a like having watched all of the bear you cannot triangulate its whole deal from just a, whatever people were tweeting about like you just can't and i feel the same way about nope like if you watch the trailer for nope you are not going to know a thing about that yeah right yep. um you know because like with the the bear in particular, people were like, oh, it's just they're angry in a restaurant. I was like, it's way more than that. Like, if right. that's the thing you're taking away from it, you're a moron. <laughs> like, um, and like, if you go yeah, see Hamlet's Nope. Yeah, just a play and, about like, a guy with depression. That's it. Like, I yeah, ex yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like, like, if you go see Nope and you're like, it's just another alien movie. Like, you did not engage with that no, piece of art no. whatsoever. <laughs> and you, you clearly did not want to. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know. Back to the Jaws thing. Jaws is just a shark movie. No, it's not. You know, like, the Deep Blue Sea is just a shark movie. And so, <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I think that's the prevailing, like, school of thought right now, though, is like, oh, yeah, I get it. And it's like, ah, do you, though? Like, there's 10 episodes yeah. of this thing to go through. And, like, I'm not saying, like, I've definitely bailed on shows after one or two episodes. Like, that's fine. But to, like, just be like, mm, I know what your thing is as you go into the thing, it's so arrogant and stupid and, like, definitely not going to serve you well as a critic in the long run. Like such a such a dumb way to, <laughs> to engage with art and well and like, it's such a societal thing too we do that with covid yeah. we do that with everything i believe this i know this i refuse to listen yeah. to anything that sounds remotely different yeah. than what i believe or yeah you did your I own research everything. right yep yep yeah so yeah i think that's where the it's disjointed thing comes from is like mm. it just it forces you to think about it and here's the thing <laughs> like not not to get this is just because this movie has a lot going on with it i feel like this sh this episode feels a little disjointed but i love right. it like i think the thing is too like we're just we especially after the last two years you guys we all got so used to being on our phones while we're quote watching something mm -hmm. and like everyone figured that out and so now all the all the netflix i've talked about this before very recently all the netflix shows all the hbo shows all the hulu shows they're designed for you to watch them in the background while you're yep. on your phone i hate that so much it sucks it sucks and i'm guilty of it like i'm no better okay. than anyone else about it like and you know, definitely, like I don't feel guilty about my comfort watches being on in the background while yeah, I'm just yeah. doom scrolling or whatever. But yeah. like, if it's something that I'm watching for the first time, like I really like that's why I mean that's why I'm so thankful for something like the rehearsal because it forced me to not be on my phone because I was just like, what is this? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I think I think that there's two schools of thought. I think that like the at large, most of this quote content, for lack of a better word is designed that way but i feel like there's a lot of voices finally pushing back at that and that's why we've got that's why this year in entertainment has been so like diverse and exciting and interesting mm -hmm. right like if you try to watch everything everywhere while you're oh, on your God. phone you're you're fucked like yeah. <laughs> um, if you try to watch nope while you're on your phone yeah. it's not gonna work if you try to watch the you rehearsal while you're yep. It's not gonna work right so i think there's a there's like the people who are still like in charge are still creating the stuff that is meant to be watched while you're on your phone but every so often now especially this year like something slips through the cracks that you can't quite do that with and you're you're really missing out on like essential aspects of that thing by doing that and like i'm hoping that represents a sea change at large and i think it might just because of how much people are talking about all this yeah stuff like once again we're doing this episode almost a month to the day, right? We're yeah. recording this 8-21-2022. Nope came out July 23rd. And I think people are still going to listen to this episode because yeah. Uh, it, they're talking it's still about making it. money. It's mm -hmm. still, it's almost going to break $150 million, which is crazy for an R-rated movie. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, we just had this past week, we've been talking about it all summer. Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Top Gun. Uh, is the sixth highest grossing film of all time beating out Avengers Infinity War. Like yeah. the movie that took 15 <laughs> years to get to, it beat out in one summer. Um, that's so crazy to me. And like, I think people, it, it's because, and we've, this has been the theme of the show this summer. Yeah. Even, this, people want something different. Like we're so tired of just 
we've been we've been inside on our phones for two years now like we're we're tired of doing that like i think i think want something different yeah people want something different and i think people want movies and they want art that like says something that has a heart Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. so much of the crap that we've gotten over the last like i don't know like last decade but particularly i'm thinking in the last like two to three years it just has felt really heartless it just has felt like we need to make this thing to fix this into our grand plan and we need to get this on our streaming service and it doesn't really have to say anything it's like Mm -hmm. i want my movies to tell a really good story but then i also want them to have like a heart to them like an identity i want them yeah. to have themes yeah. and deeper meanings and so when it's like when i think back Feel like it's someone's idea yeah like when i think back on a movie like nope i'm like man jordan peele really knew what he wanted to say there and it's like mm-hmm. multi-layered and it's like that was such a creative twist to like you know make the ufo like actually like a sentient like animal like there's just so much that like when i think about this movie i love but when you think back about the stuff we've gotten in the last handful of years, like nothing really feels like that. It just feels no. like, oh yeah, that was that. It was that next Thor movie that I guess had to come out, or it was like it was that Star Wars thing that they like revived the IP and like you know I guess they got the old actors to come back or Fast and Furious was, Eight, or right, it was this like... thing and we reskinned <laughs> it and like you know put a different like. Uh, whatever socio-political spin on there or whatever and maybe people like it's like no it's like none of those things have heart none of them like actually no one cares about the thing that they're making and that's like the other big thing everything now is just like people are like hand me this idea hand me this ip and i'll like put my own thing on it but it's like they don't actually like care about the art form anymore they don't care about acting they don't care about telling a good story they don't care about performance and so MJ, like you've said, the last couple of things we've talked about on this podcast, it's like movies that actually like care. They actually yeah. like give a damn. It's like that's yeah. what people that's what people want. And that's mm-hmm. why I was so like floored by Nope, because it's just like everything from the acting to the cinematography, it's like they shot the hell out of this movie. It's yeah, so good. Hoyt Van like, Hoytma did such a yes. good job shooting. And like this we movie. haven't it's we so haven't pretty. even ta- we haven't even talked about it, but it's like they shot it, like you said, like in our backyard. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, some of those shots could be places like, you know, 30, 40 miles outside of Bakersfield. And it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks so good. But, and it, it, like, that's that's a whole different thing. But it's like, people care. And there's, like, attention to detail. And it's like when Jordan Peele was putting this movie together, he was like, you know, and I want to do this. And I will have these references because they mean something. Like, even just small things where he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, reference like this shot from Akira because there was this whole oh, other yeah. like meta thing that happened. They wanted me to do this and what, like there's just things where it's like people care and mm-hmm. like there. Yeah. So all of that to say, I think the uh, shift is starting to happen because we're getting these movies where people care and they want to try and like they have an identity and they say something as opposed to just like the shovelware of films that we have gotten mm. For like the the longest time, and yeah. we're just we're so done with it. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, and that's the thing is like it's it's an original movie. I mean, it does rip off Jaws, but it's it's an original movie, right? And <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it, the the last movie I can think of that I was this jazzed about talking about was Creed, and it's my third favorite film of all time, maybe my yeah. second. I need to check my letterbox. Anyway, yeah. that's still connected to a larger IP. Like it's still a Rocky movie, right? Yeah. But that movie felt like someone's idea. That movie felt like it came from someone who, like you said, gives a damn. And like, yes, I like I think Coogler is one of the few people trying to operate within that space. That's like I think that this sort of storytelling that like appeals to the masses can be about something bigger. Like as much as I kind of harp on the shoddy effects of Black Panther, and I think the action is very not good in that yeah, movie. It's like, um, yeah. I think thematically it's really interesting, and there's a lot going on. Yes, and I think Wakanda Forever looks better than anything Marvel's put out in like four or five years. Like, um, like that trailer is really interesting. At least, like it, it, yeah, it has me we'll, curious. <laughs> we'll um, see. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I know we've talked uh, yeah, about like yeah. how that movie could potentially be a mess because of all the BS surrounding it. But like yeah. that trailer looks like it came from someone's brain. You know what I mean? Like it looks yeah. like yeah. it looks like <laughs> it looks like Ryan Coogler had an idea about what to do, particularly in the wake of, wake of Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman's death. Yeah. But um, it it's. It, I can't say the last Marvel movie that I felt felt like someone's idea, like Guardians 2, I think. And like I said on the last episode, and so to see a Marvel movie that could potentially be someone's idea, I like I'm always going to be a little bit on board with that because I think inherently there's nothing necessarily wrong with the superhero thing no um or the star wars of it all but i it needs to have a hook it needs to have an idea it needs to be about something larger and like horror like this is going to be this is going to feel kind of disjointed but i'm going to bring it together horror (laughs) is inherently a genre that can very easily be about something writ large right like much like much like comedy like horror i've always said this and you've heard me say this on the show before horror and comedy are two sides of the same coin and they allow you to open the window and kind of let some air in and have the spectacle of things teach you something yeah now yeah my favorite comic books are that way too and uh Something like Swamp Thing, which is a horror comic, is still he's still a superhero, but he's more on the horror side. Is something that I think we could definitely use, especially in something where we're talking about the uh, the climate and the eco- ecological impact of of you know mass producing stuff. Um, but no one's made it; like it's not a thing. So like these very interesting to me superhero ideas aren't getting made, <laughs> and that's a DC property. It's not like it's coming from some indie publisher, like DC comics created Swamp Thing. And mm-hmm. so to the, like they'd made one season of a TV show and then they like went over budget and decided to not make a second season, even though people liked it. So like it shows that it for a time there, like until 2022, people just did not care whether or not the, that sort of media had anything to say. And now surprise, we're tired of it. Yeah. Cause people do. And people do want yeah. their media and their art to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we talked about this before. The rest of the year looks really bleak on that front, guys. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you know, we had our scheduling meeting last weekend and we were all at a loss for what we should cover because we want to talk about things that get us fired up like this. Like I, like I said, I don't remember the last time I was this into a conversation on here, not because of you guys, but because the things we've watched are like, yeah, it's fine. Because this yeah. is like, yeah, because this movie is so inter- Like, I feel like we could talk, and you know, it, it has felt disjointed, but we could talk about so many things in this film. There's so many things right. we haven't even touched, but it's like, I'm so 
invested and engaged in this and like there's just so many things that i love about it. it's like oh we could just talk forever but there's not really a lot of stuff on the horizon that is like that because it doesn't feel like anyone cared right like, yeah. we just got to get this thing out yeah mine was like i think squid game was the last thing i was excited to talk about which again shows yeah a mirror yeah. on society uh very much um paying homage to a lot of different properties that existed before was an original storyline uh but still really good because, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun at the end of the day anyway, so it's like... Yep. Yeah, you can claim everything's yeah. like an iteration of something else, but it's what you do with it. And so, yeah. Yeah, and we've only just watched this movie once, which is crazy. That we're yeah. Not yeah. Get this much from it, um, just on one viewing. I'm like, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go rewatch, like, Us or something. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, there, there's just so much there. It really is good art, and it is sad to, to see that there's not a ton of that. I mean, just statistically the amount of films that are put out in a year whether or not they even make it to theaters it's just like obviously they can't all be winners but man for it to be one in such a long time is is a little disheartening but i'm glad that we we have this one now to talk about because yeah this is great yeah yeah like i i love that like you said missy like we've only seen it once and this is all we're getting but to see it on multiple rewatches and i've listened to different like theories and like different people's interpretations and that's one of the things i i love about jordan peele like i said earlier he doesn't think his audience is ignorant and mm -hmm. he like gives them he gives them the art and he's like yeah i know what i intended with it and like it still has that meaning because it's crafted in it but i want to see what you've gotten into it like i've heard mm. people do like uh like socio-political kind of evaluations out of nope i've heard like a whole racist like racism and like America interpretation from Nope. I've heard mm -hmm. like yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. I've heard like the film angle and like how it relates more to like other people in the film industry and like how Jordan Peele made parts of this movie for them. You know, like mm -hmm. the you know even like when he wears like the crew hoodie when he's going to like chase down the alien. Like there's just a lot of things at, in this movie and and I and I love that. I love that. I, I can see it more than once and just there's so much there to dig into and like even like the ending like that's pretty like people are like I don't know like did he live did he die like you know there's I, I love that it's open Who? to conversation OJ OJ lived there's a shot of him no but there's a lot of people right before that happens she closes her eyes like after yeah. after it blows up and she was like, oh, I got the picture. She closes her eyes, and then you see the shot of OJ, and, like, you know, obviously the thing over him says, out yonder. And so a lot of people are like, mm. is that a reference to, like, in a lot of old Western films? You know, like, when the hero sometimes would die, mm -hmm. and, like, you know, he's, like, on the horse. So, like, even something like that. And, like, I don't buy that. I can I see the ambiguity in it, though. Like, and, I, I can But, see. I mean, like, if you look at the film from the kind of, like, and I've seen this analysis of it too it's like she has always needed like her dad or her brother mm -hmm. to kind of help her do things and so if you look at it like this is like a story about her and like her understanding like oh i can do things and kind of like how her brother even like through it is helping her to understand you know you can do it and like you know they named the alien jean jacket and it's like it's the one that like it was her horse that they gave away <laughs> yeah and she, they could never tame it and so it's like that whole perspective of like like she was able to finally do it and she doesn't need 
her dad and her brother. But, you know, it's like, again, that's open to interpretation. I kind of thought, like, when I watched it, like, he was alive. Mm -hmm. But then, like, hearing a lot of other people be like, oh, there's a lot of evidence throughout the film that it's like he died in that confrontation. Because we never see what happens to him. Yeah. Yeah. We know he looks at the alien, and we know it's like, then it just follows her the rest of the movie. And so it's like, I don't know. But you, so like all of that is all, all that to say is like, I love that Jordan Peele doesn't think his audience is ignorant. There's multiple things to chew on in this film. And that's the type of movie that I want to go see. And that I want to talk about. For sure. You know, something that's interesting to, uh, speaking of like different angles you can take from the film is to my knowledge, Jordan Peele is not a face. I could be wrong. Um, I don't know that I've ever heard him speak about how, uh, you know, it's to any particular religion. But yeah. uh, I know you'd brought up, like, the, the Nahum uh, verse in the beginning. And yeah. it, it's uh, obviously the, the depiction of the alien itself. I have heard from a yeah. lot of people, most of whom are also not people of faith, about how similar it looks to, like, the biblical description. Yeah. About yeah, I've like, heard that, too. And yeah. it's, it's interesting to me. Um, so, like, side note, but related, I, I've been reading um, a lot of, like, Immanuel Kant recently, who's, like, a German philosopher who is not a Christian, but he tackles with a lot of ideas that, um, you know, you can find answers to in religion, specifically in Christianity. And I like seeing this atheist perspective on, on tackling these big issues that are just, like, so close. Like, he's, like, dancing right outside answers that could be there through a Christian perspective. And for yeah. me, some of the stuff with, nope, it's, like, you see kind of that similar stuff, this idea of whether or not somebody believes in a deity that things have gotten so shitty and what does it look like when retribution happens? And in this case, he happened to depict it in a way very, very similar to the Bible. And the people, like I said, who have brought up to me, they're like, oh, isn't that what like angels in the Bible are supposed to look like? It's like the alien. And nope, are usually people who are not people of faith. And that's so, um, I don't know, it's just very intriguing to me. I don't even know if I have a deeper point with that. But I, I think it's funny that we as, as three Christians like yeah. haven't even like really touched on that yet, but that is something that that's speaking to people, even if they're not people of faith, is the spiritual aspect of it, and, and kind of exploring, yeah. you know, what does it look like when we finally get our comeuppance with this shit? And, yeah, well, and it, that's it, go ahead, Corey. No, and I was gonna say, and that's like related, Missy. Like that's great. Like we talk about that, but that's like a through line you've seen in some of his other films. Oh yeah. If you remember, Us starts with a Bible verse from mm-hmm. Jeremiah. Oh, does it? Yeah, it does. I don't remember that. Um, uh, I don't remember the verse. Look. I remember it being the there, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, and so like I was kind of like surprised when it's like, I was like, oh nope, it's like we're just straight out the gate. Yeah, Bible verse that kind of encapsulates the central theme of the film, but like, us us did that too, it, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I've never heard him talk about his faith background. Yeah, but it's interesting that that is like it. It definitely is woven in to the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah, 11, 11. Jeremiah 11, 11. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. Huh. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, I forgot about that entirely. And, you know, there's the idea that these are not aliens, right? Like, that's floated, is that they're, like, yeah. creatures who live in the sky, because, right? Like, yeah, like, we yeah. don't know. It's like, in the ocean, it's like, we don't know what else is oh, yeah. there. It's the yeah. same thing of, like, oh, we don't know what's mm-hmm. in the sky. Yeah. Which is terrifying. 
Like oh, yeah. those scenes, those scenes, like when Daniel Kaluuya is being chased, <laughs> and you're just like, "Holy crap!" Like it can go anywhere, and he can't get away from it. <laughs> They're terrifying. Yeah. And now I'm gonna rewatch it. Yeah, I want to see it again now too. And I like. I think it's cool to have movies out that like reward rewatches. Like yeah. I know Jordan Peele has always done that. Like his movies are so layered and and uh deep with its social commentary and just its like thematic density but uh you know i mean i think there are so many blockbusters that are that way so many spielberg blockbusters right like that's the thing he's going for a spielberg movie and like his movies just get better for the most part uh when you watch them more than once so uh yeah i mean you know the only movie i could do a minute by minute breakdown podcast of you know like it's it's (laughs) It's a Spielberg movie. So, like, even that, I think, is kind of baked into it. And it's so, like, I don't know. I think, you know, this is not my Spielberg podcast, but it's so (laughs) directly influenced by the man's movies. It's impossible not to talk about, especially for someone like me. But, like, there's been this weird backlash against Spielberg lately, which is insane to me. Yeah, that's weird. So, like... West Side Story came out and everyone was like, oh, whoever sees West Side Story over Spider-Man is a nerd or whatever. And like, it was this weird, like juvenile way of viewing like a Steven Spielberg movie and also viewing it like it was this art house indie movie. And it was like, this is a remake of like arguably the most popular movie musical that's ever been made. What are you talking <laughs> Based about? Based like, the most popular Shakespeare play ever made. So yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like from the most like populist filmmaker ever, ever made, from the most populist playwriter ever made, from the most like populist movie studio, right? It's a 20th century Fox movie, and the most populist freaking movie musical that's ever been made. Like it was People such a dumb, such a dumb criticism of that movie. But like it's become a thing. Like I saw someone who like uh, apologies, I'm about to read a crass tweet, but like <laughs> some guys posted some criticism of Thor Ragnarok, and someone was like. Yeah, whatever. Go jerk off to a Spielberg movie, you pretentious twat. And it was like, wait a minute. You think Spielberg movies are pretentious? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so it's so funny that he's become this like, oh, he's like this high art pretension guy. And like, if you watch Jaws and Jurassic Park, they're total B movies <laughs> that are like very like made by a masterful filmmaker, and like it's just it's such a funny criticism of that. And I think Nope kind of reclaims that uh, a little bit, where it's just like, hmm. hey man, the reason you like movies is because of this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're all here right now. Like, yes, I'm the guy with the Spielberg podcast, but I think all three <laughs> of us are here because of the influence that Steven Spielberg had on culture over the course of our lives. Yeah. You can trace such a direct line to everything he's had, like Star Wars he was involved with, right? Like all of it, it all stems from him, even the Marvel stuff that people are, you know, super into, like to the point of being kind of weirdly culty about it. Like those don't exist without his films. And so everything is Spielberg. Yeah. I mean, kind of anything popular is. I think. Well, it's like yeah, he's it's... the one that perfected those tropes and those techniques. And that's spectacle. That, yeah. And that, and I think that was the brilliant thing of Jordan Peele where he's like, he's honoring that and yeah. he's using the, and it's, and it's because it's like these things are, they're time tested and Spielberg 
yes. really perfected those. Like these mm-hmm. are tropes that existed before Spielberg really was around, but he was able to take them and craft them in a way that's like, oh, this this yeah. works in a blockbuster. And so it's really cool to see Peel. Uh, I mean, uh, Jordan Peel, yeah, like come in and say like, yeah, these things work, so I'm gonna use them and kind yeah. of like honor Spielberg in that way. But then like thematically, like we said at the beginning, this movie is completely thematically different mm-hmm. than Jaws. And yeah. so yeah. in that way, it's like, yeah, that's his own thing. But it's like the the pieces still make the the car drive, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it can look different and yeah. it, the experience is very different, but it's like, it's the same like base components that you need to like make it go. I yeah. mean, that's what we talked about in Top Gun Maverick too, right? Like, that's such a simple movie. Like, mm-hmm. even down to the spectacle, even though, like, yes, the spectacle is what drives that movie and it's yeah. crazy good. But, like, and it's, it's like, mind-blowing and innovative. But at the same time, the spectacle in and of itself is not really all that novel. Like, it's just dogfighting. But the way it's yeah. presented <laughs> is really novel and interesting. But we've been filming dogfights since the 40s, you know? Like... That's yeah. not, I mean, the whole movie is Star Wars. Like, the Top Gun Maverick is just, <laughs> it's a two-hour version of the third act of Star Wars. Like, it's literally the climax of the movie is the trench run. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, it's, this is the summer of, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, like, and Jordan Peele, like, looked at Jaws and was like, oh, what if it was mad? Like, what if it was even more pissed off? And, like was about the entertainment industry writ large, you know, like he, he, like you said, the car, the pieces still make the car drive. And like, it just, it just proves that like the, like keep it simple, stupid across, across the board. Pray. We talked about last week. There's nothing novel about that movie whatsoever, including its historical context mashup because the Assassin's Creed games have been doing that. So like, there's nothing interesting on paper about that movie and it's super entertaining like but it kept the core concept of the thing and the tropes Uh but then it executed it well and that's why it was good yeah well it goes back to what you were saying earlier Corey. it's like people care and it's like when you get your art making from that like mindset rather than how can i make money like think of how many times we've used the word just in this podcast where it's like oh this is just this is just you know whatever but these things that we're talking about that are just, you know, which I know is obviously um, kind of breaking it down in a very simplistic way, but how many things are yeah. just something else, but they're still great because, uh, you know, things repeat, things are hackneyed for a reason. Uh, so yeah. people are like, oh, it's, it's like, you know, Lion King is just, or whatever. It's like, yeah, I mean, if you want to be kind of like that tweet you referenced, MJ, if you want to be like a freaking Philistine about it and be like, oh, it's yeah. just something else, <laughs> I know what this is. And it's like, no, because there are still good, like, creators out there there are still good art makers out there and when they're coming at it from like hmm how can i take something that is very common probably because it's occurring a lot in life and so people understand this but i make it in a way that is relatable and in a way that people can kind of self-examine a little bit more then it's like that's where we get these good movies from yeah amen yeah Yeah. i i feel like i can i could watch nope like three more times and focus on different characters and aspects and just like really focus in on like you know like all these different themes and it's Mm -hmm. just like when the first time you watch it they're just they're all there but you just you can't process them all at the same time and yeah like that's i don't know like that's the type of movie i want to watch that's the type of art i want to engage with like Mm -hmm. that makes me think that and you know and it's enjoyable like it's it's thrilling and like because it's well done but yeah i just I think people want that deeper 
connection with their art. And I'm hopeful that, you know, just even like what we've seen this handful of months with some of these films that care or people mm-hmm. are finding out, oh, there's someplace else like MJ, like we've talked about on the podcast, like, you know, like RRR. There's like, there's places like people are making the types of movies that I want, even if it's not here in America. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Hollywood is like, oh, well, we got to shovel them out this stuff. It's like, oh, well, then there's someplace else I can go to get that. And I think like as more people kind of wake up and realize that, it'll be interesting to see what happens to like, you know, the quote unquote entertainment industry. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys are I making mean, me like this more. I already like this more than I started the podcast, and I already liked it coming into the podcast. But I'm like, you know what? You're right. I need yeah, to I think. This. I think There's if a... I think if you rewatch it, it's probably like pretty. It's pretty cohesive. I know that it wasn't your criticism yeah. of it, but I think that this. I so. Missy, I I think your criticism of Jordan Peele is correct in that he can mistake the trees for the forest a little bit in in presenting his themes, but I think Nope is his most cohesive as far as that is concerned. I think he doesn't doesn't sacrifice as much of the plot over themes in this as he has his other two. And that's fair. Sorry, go for it, Corey. I I, I was going to say, I'd agree, MJ. I would say, like, honestly... And I and I like all of his movies. I'd say like Us suffers from that more than Ooh, this yeah. movie. Yeah, I, I feel like Us has a lot going on, and like I do, f- and and the plot's not bad. I don't want I don't want to say this. I think he's made really good movies, like yeah. movies that I would choose to watch like any day over like all the other crap that's yeah. mostly on streaming services that comes out. But I think when you have to compare against himself, I think mm-hmm. Us has more of that issue of like it's a little bit convoluted at times. And not in like a, oh, like I want really my audience to engage. Like I know he does, but there are mm-hmm. some things where they feel a little bit more like convenience is not the right word, but it, it, it there's some things where it's like, okay, I don't know exactly if that has to work. And I think Nope and Get Out are stronger films in that regard. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. He's, I don't know. It's, like I said, I think you guys are, are kind of altering my perspective, or not altering, but influencing in a good way, I think, my perspective a little bit on it. Uh, I also just, uh, off the bat with most movies, go in very cynical. Like, I'm looking for reasons to dislike, which is a horrible way to live. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> working on it in therapy and such. But uh, it was it was good. It was really me trying to be nitpicky, where I was like, oh, that's a plot hole. Well, that's kind of a plot hole, too. Uh, but overall, still a, a great, great film. I, I'd be yeah. intrigued, honestly, to watch him do something like like a Black Mirror anthology type miniseries. Like to see him just get his hands on something like one theme, just because he's so good with these big themes and doing something mm-hmm. like that. Like, oh, man, give give him everything. Give him. I mean, he he didn't write it or direct it, but he produced that Twilight Zone reboot and like. I don't like Black Mirror, um, but uh, I was really concerned with that Twilight Zone reboot. That Oh, by the way, I didn't like the Twilight Zone reboot, but um, yeah. I, so I don't like Black Mirror and I I was really like trepidatious about the Twilight Zone reboot because I was like, oh, he's just going to do the Black Mirror thing because it's so easy if you're going to reboot Twilight Zone in 2021, 2022 to just do Black Mirror. 
and he didn't like the themes he focused on were not technology based like a lot of black mirror is which was my main concern it focused on the theme for the entire runtime i just thought the episodes being 40 minutes instead of 20 minutes like twilight zone originally was was made it a little long in the tooth um and once again he didn't write or direct any of them but you're a hundred percent right in that he's really good at dialing in on a theme and like also curating things that dial in on one theme and really drill down into them and the mm -hmm. themes that were presented in that new twilight zone were consistently interesting the episodes were just twice as long as the original twilight zone and right. i think suffered for it yeah well and it's uh, i mean just talking about black mirror for a second i actually like i like black mirror but i agree it's like i can see absolutely why people wouldn't um mm -hmm. but the way that jordan peele and we talked about i think earlier the way that he does his themes feels subtle that you can still see yeah. it you can see what he's trying to say but you don't feel like you're getting preached at like black mirror it's mm -hmm. like hmm, i wonder what they think about technology um, yeah. it's almost like i wonder if mj thinks that uh nope is similar to jaws the <laughs> world may never know yeah <laughs> but why would you think so, that right <laughs> so that's like something i can really respect where it's like it should be clear enough that um kind of like nope is where even if you're not digging too deep you can see what the theme is uh but also intricate enough that you can find more things in it and it feels more subtle and you can start looking like we will likely do on our rewatches of this film, um, the little seeds that maybe we didn't notice before that are kind of leading up to it because he is much more subtle and crafted in the way that he presents. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think he's just so good at breaking down what makes a genre work. Like that's why I was so yeah. excited when he was, he announced that he was going to do horror um, mm -hmm. with Get Out because there's this one sketch on Key and Peele called uh i call it one last job but it's called retired military specialist and like keegan michael key goes to the woods to like recruit this like old grizzled veteran back for like one last job oh, and yeah. the way that yeah. it plays with that like <laughs> convention and trope is so funny and mm -hmm. like you can tell it came from jordan peele's brain because like i think he really likes drilling down on like a, a specific type of like storytelling convention and uh the way they do it is just so it's so offbeat and funny but so familiar at the same time and like i think that's what makes horror especially in the like the modern world work really really well is mm -hmm. that understanding of those storytelling conventions and ideas and so yeah go watch that sketch and i, I think you can see like why people would be excited like in 20 what 15 or 17 or whatever when 2015 is that when get out came out um I have no idea. 2017 I 2017 listeners are yelling right now at their phones yeah. yeah we know <laughs> yeah um like he just he's so good at breaking down a genre into its core components and then reconstructing it into this like weird thing yeah um that like is still super familiar but also just like what like how did you arrive at this conclusion with this idea <laughs> mm -hmm. um and it's great yep it's great i know we could talk i think forever about this film especially if we yeah. saw it a second time but did Hell you guys yeah. have anything else on uh on nope um go see it if you haven't go yeah. watch the his other two films as well i i'm really I know I said it, but I'm really intrigued to rewatch Us again because I think that is one that I think I've only seen once. And yeah. it was kind of, that one, uh, like you guys were saying, was the weakest of the three. And I mean, weakest yeah. of the three being what, like a B plus instead of an A or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm really like splitting hairs on, on what's good and still so much better than most things. But 
yeah, I'm intrigued to rewatch it and, and start seeing new little things and what he's done. Because, I mean, he is absolutely a filmmaker that deserves rewatch. Uh, he gives yeah, you something yeah. that you could absolutely watch once and be good for the rest of your life with, or watch multiple times and just get things out of it, depending on the walk of life or, or anything. So, definitely go see it. Highly recommend. Yeah, I... This is, I mean, hopefully you have not gone this far in the podcast and <laughs> haven't seen this movie because yeah. we spoiled it for you. But <laughs> I mean, he, I, I would, I would echo what Missy says. Like he's, he's a filmmaker, like who really cares about the art and the medium. <laughs> and like this one in particular, there's so much attention to detail. There's a lot of the um, behind the scenes interviews and stuff that I watched after this film. Just, just there's so many attention to details things and like when you hear his heart behind film like i mean like they shot this all in imax he didn't have yeah. to do that but yeah. like he wanted to do it and the cinematographer he recruited and just aspects of the storytelling and even like his whole outlook of you know i'm gonna make a i, I watched this interview where he's talking about like you know i'm kind of working in a genre that like just historically hasn't been inhabited by a lot of black people and like there's just there's just a lot of things that i just appreciate about his filmmaking and like so much of his knowledge and yeah it's like he knows the things that like i said earlier he knows what makes the car go but yeah mj like you were talking about it's like he can deconstruct things that are familiar but then put them back together where it's like it feels kind of familiar but then it's like oh this is still really different and they all and but then at the same time these films can still have something to say mm -hmm. like i've never walked away from one of his movies being like oh yeah okay like so the theme is to like love one another all right that's it like <laughs> right. it's always <laughs> there's always these deeper questions i have of like you know, like I watch us and I'm like, okay, like, am I the tethered or the untethered? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what, what are they like? What does that mean? And like, what is like government's role in this? Like, you know, and like us, I, I mean, nope. It's like, I walk away. I'm just like, you know, like, what's my relationship to like spectacle? Do I feel it? Like, yeah. uh, you know, exploitation, like whether it's of like different minorities or animals or like Hollywood's relationship to them. And like, you know, like, just, like, legacy with their family. Like, there's mm -hmm. just, like, all these layers. Like I said, like, we don't we don't have time to touch on all of these things. But it's, like, his movies have something to say. The the images have something to say. Like, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't even talk about that. But there's so much beautiful imagery. Like, that shot where it's, like, the monster, like, rains down blood on the house. Oh, it's so Holy good. Holy crap. Holy crap. Like, just the, that whole sequence, it looks beautiful like chillingly beautiful and just the mm -hmm. way it's shot and like and the reveal every... that the mouth is the thing you saw at the beginning yes. that they were projecting the animal yeah yeah like that, was, uh. that that was that was great or just yeah. sequences like a that he knows how to use the art form and like he understands mm -hmm. like horror like that i think the most disturbing scene to me was like the whole thing at jupiter's claim when like it comes there and eats everybody and you don't realize what you're seeing but like that one shot where you see the people being consumed actually in the like yeah it's the so gross or and the claustrophobic it, it oh, was horrible yeah. and you just hear the screams and it's like that was that was the scene that just like lingered with me like i yeah. was at home like 
you know, like midnight trying to sleep. And it's like, that's the scene that I just like the sound, like we didn't talk about the sound design was incredible in this movie. Oh yeah. Like it was, it was just so like all these pieces. And like I said, like we, uh, we could do a whole nother thing about all this separate stuff, but. well, And the movie was (laughs) shot by Hoyt Van Hoytman, who's the, uh, yeah, the, the, he's Nolan's (laughs) go-to cinematographer. So I feel like Jordan Peele was like, Hey, you want to make a movie people can hear? Uh, (laughs) No, and I mean, like, he, like, one of the interviews he talked about, he was like, yeah, if we were going to do this, like, I needed to get the right guy Mm -hmm. to do this. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. but just all of those elements, like, just that he cared, and there's so much attention and detail, and he really understands, and the medium of film and it's it's weird like you said MJ earlier, it's like he hates being famous, but at the same time, he recognizes, like, the platform he has to be Mm -hmm. able to, like, and it's not so much spread his message, but I think it's like, yeah, his movies have something to say, but it's more of like he understands the platform he has to like introduce mm-hmm. people into like understanding and loving film better because he sees like that we're plagued with so much crap. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like most people don't really understand film or like have a desire to like really love it. And so I feel like each one of his films increasingly has been like, yeah, like, film is something that has really impacted me and changed my life and has the power to say things that we can't do in other art forms. And it's different than this thing of like, we've talked about a couple times this episode. It's different from just content. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm not, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, So I think, I think one of the things I think this is MJ on his soapbox. I'm like, the views expressed in those next few comments may not be those of everyone on the show, but I think, yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, but I don't, I don't want to speak for everyone. Cause this is maybe, <laughs> a, it, this is a little extreme, I guess, or a hot take. I think you are morally in, it is a moral imperative. If you are a creative to impart your beliefs into the work you create. Um, I think you mm-hmm. should not like, it is morally bankrupt to just do things for a paycheck in the creative space. Um, I, it, I mean, I would agree. Yeah. Like okay. just being a creative personally. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I like the reason I do these two podcasts is because I feel like I have something to say. Yeah. Morally with these yeah. shows. And so like, I would not do them otherwise. And like, I think Jordan Peele also understands that. And he sees how morally bankrupt everything else is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. He, he feels like he understands that responsibility and takes it very seriously. And I think that's what makes him an admirable filmmaker. Yeah, And I think that's what makes people who do like, who seriously do podcasts the way we do um, that way, because I I see so many, oh my gosh, I get, because I'm a podcaster, let me know if you guys get this too, because (laughs) I get these ads all the time that are like, do you want to use your podcast to like increase your revenue streams and bring attention to your business? And I was like, I could not be more less interested in any Mm -hmm. of what you just said. Like that is the least interesting thing to me. And like, it sucks because I do think we're all very good at what we do. And I think that more people should listen to this show because I'm proud of it. And I think that like, yeah. I do get into like these guilt and shame spirals that we could be and should be doing more to promote the show and get more people listening. But like audience growth and retention is the least interesting aspect of doing this to me. Like I don't right. care. Yeah. I don't care. But what I like is talking about good movies with my friends in a way that imparts like knowledge to other people. Like that's the reason I do this. And so I think that Jordan Peele also understands. I don't think Jordan Peele cares whether his movies make money at all. I really don't. And they just happen to. Yeah. 
what you both were saying, it kind of reminds me of the idea of like, um, like privilege, like acknowledging your privilege. So, a, mm -hmm. we're all Americans, and there's a massive amount of privilege that comes with that, right? Where yeah. even yep. the poorest of us is way more affluent than the majority right. of the world. Um, yep. and, and then, I mean, even speaking racially, like I'm, I'm a middle class white woman. I have, there's a lot of privilege that comes with that. There's so mm -hmm. much privilege that comes with being like famous in Hollywood. And whether or not yeah. you like it or you want to do the, like, I'm going to put a bag over my head and say I'm not famous and walk around so the paparazzi take more pictures of me because they look weird. Right. It's, like, to actually acknowledge, I don't necessarily agree with this, but I see that it's here. I didn't maybe ask for it, but it's here, so I'm going to use that to say something. I mean, he's been doing that with his comedy. Like, he and Peel yeah. was so good. Like, yeah, it's mm -hmm. really yeah. arguably funny. And, again, another example of something where – you could watch it at face value and just think it's funny or you can see the social commentary yeah. that they were making yep. and it's so freaking good and it's i i agree with you both i it's really um admirable to see him using his platform whether or not he despises the platform that he's on but to be like you know yeah, fuck it like i'm here so i'm gonna say something I'm yeah. Gonna use yeah this yep. fame that i've achieved to actually yeah. do something with it and it's like hell yeah man and in a way that again doesn't feel preachy it's not like um God, what was that one movie that Netflix just did with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer? Oh God, but, don't look up. Yeah, so I, didn't, I didn't see that, but I heard don't. a lot of. Do not I do that, Corey. It's bad, and and that's like Hollywood at its prime. It reminds me of the freaking like Imagine video that the celebrities did at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the pandemic. Like this is oh, our influence. Gosh. We have privilege, <laughs> so we're gonna make you feel better. And it's like no, it's so stupid, and so it's almost like a rejection of of. The, the gift that's been given to him, uh, like, I don't know, it's a weird, like, paradoxical embrace of yeah. it, but also rejection of it, and yeah. I think that humility has kind of allowed him to be just a really uh, meaningful filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, he, he's not yeah. very active on Twitter, but it was funny because someone was like, I think three movies in, you could call Jordan Peele the greatest horror film director of all time. And he was like, he got on and like responded to that tweet. And he was like, please, sir, put the phone down. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, he's great. Don't get me wrong. And he will go down as one of the greats. But like, it's John Carpenter. <laughs> like, It's pretty by and large John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he will hit that height eventually. But the man's made three movies. It's a single digit amount of movies. Like, yeah. Right. You and, cannot and make he, that assertion about him yet. And the goal isn't, like you said, that's not his goal. Like, when you can no. see what the goal is yeah. from a mile away, it's annoying. It's like when you know somebody's going to come ask you for freaking money or something. And it's like, quit beating around the bush with whatever weird soft story you're going to tell me. Just, like, get to the point. And he's like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. Ugh, love Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of he, thoughts. They're swirling around right now. No, so no, no. That's late. good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I mean, I think that's a testament to the quality of the film. That when I said, "Do you have anything else?" Everyone wasn't like, "No, not really." Like it was like, but. "Yeah, of course I have something else." Like, let me <laughs> yeah. get my last thing in. Like, you know, um, yeah. I mean, much. You'll hear me say this when we do our Everything Everywhere episode. And Missy, I would like to talk to you off mic about doing a rehearsal episode in the next couple of weeks. Oh um, yeah. And uh, uh, I cannot wait for when this movie hits home video. And someone inevitably, as someone who has done this, someone inevitably does the minute by minute nope breakdown podcast. They're gonna have mm. one, their work cut out for them, and two, so much fun doing it. And I think everything yeah. everywhere is also mm -hmm. that type of film. And like oh, for I sure. can't wait to see who decides to do it. And when I said that about everything everywhere, someone was like, You should do it. And I was like, 
not a chance. Like, I am not doing that kind of project ever again. But um, I will happily guess. So if you're the one who is inspired to do it, please invite me on. I would be happy to talk about this film in a minute-by-minute format with you. Um, but, yeah, it, it I think this is the type of movie that you can do that with. And it's so nice to have two movies in one year you could do that with that are wholly original. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yes, it's a ripoff of Joss, but, you know, nothing new under the sun. And like, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, oh gosh, it's it's such a great, interesting movie with its own voice and its own identity and its own belief system that it, like, it really wants to leave you thinking yeah. about something when you leave that theater and you should absolutely see it in a theater. It looks so great big. It yeah, sounds it so great mm-hmm. big. I really wish I could get... Could have gotten a chance to see it at IMAX, uh, although I will in oh. a couple of weeks when I go to Colorado Springs and see Jaws because yeah, it's the same movie. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Gotta get but, that in there one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh, it's such it's such a good movie. I've, I've had such a good time one talking about this with you guys and two just like thinking. I've been thinking about this movie since I saw it. Like I have not stopped yeah. thinking about this movie. And like, me too. It's so it's. Uh, I've said it in every other episode. It's so good to just like have these films this year that you can do that with like it's and by the way that's the majority of our release calendar for the rest of the year like it's we're gonna do an rrr episode we're gonna do an everything everywhere episode like these Mm -hmm. are the things i want to do a bear an episode on the bear like i if i may just reach out to guests if you guys don't want to commit to the eight episodes that it is or if you decide it's not for you like whatever but yeah and uh gosh just go see it man it's so it's so good it's such an interesting like wholly unique film as far as what's out right now and yeah it honestly just that is enough to warrant support for it i think like even yeah. if it is if you think it's weird and messy like i would rather support something that swings for the fences and misses a little bit than like whatever the next cookie cutter thing right company is gonna try to get yeah. me to watch you know yeah like, you know, it, it's it's such a film that is not a slave to an algorithm, and I love that. Like, yeah, I, just like like it, you know, not to be all matrixy about it, but it just feels like any time I can like see something that kind of breaks out of that rhythm, it's so uh, it's so refreshing and 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 fun to talk about. Um, well, so yeah, kind of like we go ahead. I was gonna say kind of like we had uh, mentioned earlier, or maybe maybe it's just me. I feel like I've said this like five times now. If, even if you are somebody, because I do know people that don't like analyzing film, they just kind of like to turn their brains off and watch something. It's uh-huh. on its base level, just a, it's a good, fun film to watch. Yeah, so that even it's if got you're a great who twist, like, yeah. Exactly. Like, if you're like, oh, I don't really feel like getting into something too heady, it's like, it's as heady as, as you want to put into it. And so if yeah. you just want to yeah. watch a, a good-looking film with good actors, uh, that's, like you said, thrilling, it's got cool twist, just go watch it. And if yeah, you want to, I mean, you know, dive into it, do that too, and you've got the, you know, same film. <laughs> I think, you know, to get it in there one more time, I think that's the thing that has the most in common with Jaws, right? Like, you know, once again, minute by minute breakdown guy, but like, you don't have to do that to like that movie, you know, like it's one of the most popular movies of all time. And I don't think there are many people who are Mm -hmm. that interested in analyzing the film in the way I have done that. So like, it's gotta be in order for a movie to be as enduring as Jaws is (laughs) like, it has to be just surface level, a great movie. And I think Nope is just surface level, a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's nope. That was a lot. Uh, 
I'm real like amped up about that conversation, which sucks because I got to go to bed soon. But yeah. um, I think it's just because I'm back. I think that's why the conversation. Yeah, welcome no, back, Missy. That is, like... that is why, Missy. <laughs> we could we could go another half an hour, but we won't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm all hyped up on that. I mean, I seriously, <laughs> I seriously could. I'm like, oh, yeah. so many things I want to talk to you guys about. But... Yeah, I like I legit am like, should I see what if it's showing anytime soon? Like in the next half Are hour, you... can I make it to I'm a show? <laughs> um yeah uh yeah coming up next we got we're good i want to try to make a rehearsal episode happen we've got everything everywhere oh, yeah. and rrr coming up i want to make yeah, try to make a bear episode happen i really enjoyed my time with that show um other than that we are open to submissions guys like i said it is bleak as hell out there right now for as far as the release calendar is concerned so there's cool. something anything you want us to talk about Please let us know. Uh, yep. Maybe like the Industrial Light and Magic documentary on Disney Plus would be interesting to talk about. Um, it'd be nice to talk about a piece of like Star Wars adjacent thing without having to talk about Star Wars itself. The thing with big anniversaries, if there are movies that you know have like a big anniversary this year or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. Like about, anything with like yeah. a 10 or 12, 20 year anniversary, like we're open to that. Um and you guys seem to have liked that 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 episode when we did it for Clueless. So yeah, anything like that, I please let us know. We'll probably do it. Like it's it's so bleak out there. Like there's there's not even like a good horror movie coming out this October. I think like I mean the that third Halloween movie, but like that second one was so bad that I don't really want to talk about. It. Like I've no yeah. interest in seeing that third one. Um, yeah. So yeah, if there's like if there's any retrospective horror stuff you want us to talk about in the spooky season, we'll probably do it. I think we might be doing a Drag Me to Hell episode. Uh, I would love to mm-hmm. do it. Oh, yeah. I've never talked about that movie on a podcast, and like it's my so favorite, good. my favorite it's horror. Just movie. Wild. Yeah. 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 Super wild. <laughs> I talk about that movie all the time. All the time. Yeah. I don't shut up about it. Corey can attest. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's bleak out there. I know, <sighs> Missy. We should. We should probably, we should probably do a Midnight Mass episode in October. Hell yes! Oh my gosh, you just made me so happy. Is that my, my surprise gift, is, is my coming back to the show? <sighs> Midnight Mass is so freaking good. And if we do an episode, I can save for that. But if you guys haven't seen it, you need to watch it. It is so good. We are going to do an episode, at the very least, me and Alex, the guy who was on for Obi-Wan, we're going to do an episode about Rings of Power. <sighs> I'm going to sit that one out Yeah, that's fine. right now. Right now. Yep. Uh, yeah. Do you guys have anything to plug, Missy? Um, no. Go see this movie. Go, and, go support good movies so that we can get more good movies. And, and watch yeah, Midnight yeah. Mass. Yes. Midnight Mass is so good. Uh, and the rehearsal. Go watch the rehearsal. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Corey, do you have anything to plug? Uh, you know. Check uh, out the YouTube channel, Real Filmmaking. I have episodes up there about, you know, filmmaking and cameras. I recently did an episode about, like, what actually makes something cinematic. So Ooh. that's, you know, like, people throw on, around that word a lot. But it's an interesting concept, an interesting discussion. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, like the movie Jaws. Uh, 
What? Yeah, sure do. Um, to the point where I have a podcast about it. So yeah, I need a, I need a, I need a one to one who every character in Nope is oh, to easy peasy. every character in Jaws. Yeah, no, sure. <laughs> uh, so OJ, I'm just trying to sidetrack you. OJ is Brody. Stephen Yoon is the mayor. Brandon no. Pereira is Hooper. Michael okay. Wincott is uh, just, Quint, and Kiki Palmer the is the Don't Sue Us character slash. Also, there aren't very, <laughs> there aren't any female. There is a female character, but she's not super well defined. She is anyway. Not the point. Uh, but she's the like don't sue us, and also yeah. there's not a major female character in Jaws, so we're gonna add one. Yeah. Yep. If there's uh, a like TMZ a reporter game for the amount of times that you reference Jaws in this podcast, like listeners, would we'd be, be dead we'd like be wasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. would be, actually it, dead. be bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because Sarah DM'd me and was like, "Hey, someone told me Nope was Jaws," and I was like, "There's no way Nope is Jaws," and then I saw it and I was like, "Dude, that movie was Jaws." Um, are you guys gonna do an episode? Yeah, I feel we are. like you have to. Yeah, we are. You have to do. It. We okay. Are. Yeah, we like... have a we have a whole season lined up that's uh, movies that were inspired by Jaws, and we actually just replaced the last episode. I don't remember. What, I think it was Open Water was the last episode of that season, and we replaced it with with Nope. Um, she hasn't gotten a chance to see it yet because she is recovering from her ankle injury still. But I was like, they did the fake out with kids. There's a character who has a yeah. cool voice who monologues near the end. Like he kills himself. The freaking yeah. thing gets a thing shoved in its mouth that explodes. Like I, and she was like, Oh my God, it's Jaws. It's um, like, yes. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's, I was like, here's the thing. I can't really spoil this movie for you. Cause you've seen it. Like, the yeah. Freaking Steven Yoon is in a dumb suit that's actually kind of awesome that relates to the major theme yeah. and threat of yeah. the film. Like, it's Jaws. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I like the movie Jaws. I did a minute-by-minute minute podcast uh, about it called Let's Jaws for a Minute with my friend Sarah, who was on the Stranger Things episode, which also took a lot from Jaws. And uh, we're done with that part, but we're embarking on uh, the filmography of Steven Spielberg. At least in this season we're in, we're going to do Duel through Hook, with the exception of Close Encounters of the Third Time, Third Kind. Yay, and always, Missy is going to be on the Hook episode so we can yell at her about how that movie's bad. Um, MJ and I have never disagreed Rufio. on anything ever, Rufio. so it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, so our dual episode is out right now. Um, next week, you will be able to hear our episode about the Sugarland Express, which is a movie that Corey and I talked about uh, on this podcast way back when. Um, yep. So, Sugarland yeah. and Duel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did talk about Duel. Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about those movies uh, going forward. And then, yeah, that's it. Let's Jaws for a Minute is the name of that podcast. I was a guest on the Fundamentals podcast to talk about biopics and the movie Elvis. I was a guest on uh, Another Time McLeod, which is a minute-by-minute -minute breakdown of the film Highlander. I was a guest. I did a lot of guest spots this month, guys. I was a guest on uh, Gag Me With a Chainsaw to talk about Psycho 2, which is a great, 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 great horror sequel that everyone should see. And uh, I can't wait for that episode to come out. It's going to come out, I think, in September. Um, but, man, it's good. Uh, everyone should see it. I'm, I, that's the movie I currently can't shut up about, like, telling people to see Hi. Psycho 2. Um, and then I was also a guest on The Bond We Share um, with Allison and Adam. Uh, I'm trying to get Adam on this show to talk about the rehearsal. Um, and uh, yeah, I talked about Casino Royale, which is also a very good movie. Uh, so yeah, that's all my guest stuff. I did a lot of podcasting this month, which is insane. It's, I can't believe I did that many guest spots this last month. <laughs> um, 
yeah, other than that, if you want to find like where you can find all that, you can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891, probably the best social media to get me a, get a hold of me on uh, to find out anything else I'm guesting on because I do a lot. Also, if you want me on your podcast, let me know. I love it. So yeah, if you have an everything everywhere all at once, minute by minute, or nope, minute by minute, hit me up. Um, <laughs> then Mike's yeah. got an audiobook version of his book now. So check that out too. Oh yeah, Mike's got an audio version yeah, of his, yeah. his newest book. Uh, next one's in the pipeline. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. Until next time, Hollywood's the bad guy. <laughs>